0: Welcome in to the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Blake Lovell, and uh, flying solo for this episode of the podcast and going to run through some quick news and notes in what has been a pretty uh, eventful uh, week thus far in the world of professional wrestling. Let's start with WWE, which uh, has gotten the most attention this week, and that is because of lots of uh, changes to uh, Monday Night Raw uh, after it was announced that uh, Drew McIntyre had tested positive for COVID-19, McIntyre wound up speaking on Raw and kind of talking about the situation. Uh, And, of course, in terms of the actual show itself, that led to uh, Triple H being inserted as he kicked off the show and then uh, was in the main event against Randy Orton, but uh, most of the talk coming out of the main event uh, was not Triple H versus Randy Orton and what was a very short uh, interaction between those two. Uh, It was indeed uh, Alexa Bliss uh, using the fireball to uh, pretty much ignite Randy Orton's eyes, and uh, fire has seemingly been a main theme uh, on WWE television here as of late. uh, We remember back to Randy Orton uh, setting Bray Wyatt on fire, and then you had Alexa uh, basically begging Randy to set her on fire, and now uh, you have uh, Alexa using the fire against Randy. So uh, that has been a significant development, and really, when you think back to the rumors uh, we that we discussed um, about USA Network wanting more adult content, that was the report that was out there several weeks ago, uh, and wanting maybe WWE to embrace more of that adult, dark type of content well, since then, you know, we've seen a lot of fire. So that's something that is uh, undoubtedly uh, been a change uh, in terms of some of the things that maybe you expected them to do after they had that record low rating several weeks ago. Um, it also brought about doing the Legends Night, and really, you know, with the success of Legends Night, I think that's why we saw Triple H inserted and and them hyping it up several hours before the show about how he was going to kick off the show. I mentioned it on Twitter. I, I think you could pretty much tell at that point by inserting Triple H and the way they worded it was about, you know, what Orton had did on Legends Night and sort of disrespecting the Legends. And so that made it—the wording made it sound like Triple H was going to wrestle and more than likely was going to be inserted against Randy Orton in the main event. It wasn't your usual uh, main event match. You know, this wasn't a callback uh, to, you know, the Wrestlemania matches of years ago and all the different matches they've had over the years. Uh, but I think you see, you know, when they had the success ratings-wise— that they did with Legends Night. They got that ratings bump they were looking for, um, and knowing that you were going up against the college football national championship game between Alabama and Ohio State on Monday night, you knew the ratings were going to be down anyways. Um, So you try to do what you can, and what better way than to bring back a legend in Triple H, knowing that the week before uh, you had just gotten a big boost in terms of the ratings, bringing back Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan and all these other guys. So I can't say it's a surprise. The way they went about it, um, I know that really the, the closing angle is everything uh, that people are focused on. And, uh, you know, the ratings for this week were not, you know, they weren't, I mean, they weren't where they were on Legends Night. And we knew that uh, they were down to, I think it's around 1.8 million viewers, somewhere in there. Um, so I don't know that you read a whole lot into that. I think you really start to read into the ratings if you want to pay attention to those, um, which, uh, you know, that's that's WWE's thing. I think outside of WWE do they mean a whole lot uh, for the average fan? Maybe not. Uh, but uh, if you're WWE, I think you start to look at the ratings now. Once you've gotten past doing the the Legends Night, uh, which they've done before, and now knowing that, you know, you went up against the college football national championship game, you had a drop. So what's next? And I think that's the biggest thing at this point is, you know, what is next for them? How do they build these long-term stars to where they're not having to pull out the stunts of going to Legends Night to doing some of this other stuff, Um, when can they build a brand on Raw uh, to the point to where you don't have to go to your bag of tricks to bring the ratings back up. They just naturally start to go back up uh, because you're building stars that are just progressively getting over and over even more. And I think that's just the one thing that we've seen with WWE. Outside of a few obvious examples, um, you know, what Roman Drains is doing, we've we've talked about it before on the podcast. I think he's one of the best in the game right now in terms of what he's doing. But uh, they just have not been able to, you know, build these sustainable stars to this point, uh, because there is still a lot of the, the 50-50 back and forth Type stuff to where you know no one's getting over, uh, and you're just you're having everyone beat everyone, and that just you know leads to not everyone being able to get over. So uh, I think that's the, the big thing for the ratings at this point is how do you build those stars? If you care about ratings, which again, if you're outside of WWE, um, they don't really affect the casual fan. It's you know for WWE they're trying to keep these ratings up uh, for advertisers for USA Network. They want to keep them happy. If you're WWE and you're trying to keep these ratings going in the right direction. Um, you you've got to to build more stars. You've got to build more consistency. Um, you know, coherent storytelling. Uh, I think that's that's the biggest thing because right now, in terms of Raw, which you know SmackDown's a little bit different, but in terms of Raw, um, Raw just feels like a show week to week that uh, does not follow any sort of set um, guideline from the week before. It just seems like that everything is thrown together and we always read the reports and rumors about, you know, the script being torn up in the afternoon and being put together on the fly and the show not being done before it even starts. Um, these are things that are holding Raw back right now. So if you're a fan of Raw, if you're a fan of WWE, uh, the best thing WWE can do is just be more consistent uh, and be able to to build better stars. And the only way to do that is to uh, do a little bit better in terms of their long-term planning, because right now uh, that has been an issue. And I think for the ratings-wise... Um, that is certainly something that uh, a lot of people have discussed. And we'll see if they can get things back on track. And the bigger story right now is, you know, with the whole Drew McIntyre thing in terms of uh, him testing positive. And, you know, it's it's a matter of, who else, you know, could be in that mix in terms of uh, who was around him? When did they find out? There's lots of things that you probably really won't know about the situation. I know people have pointed out uh, some of the people who were not on television on Raw Monday night. Um, and, and maybe, you know, you can play the guessing game all you want, but I think without actually knowing the details, it's hard to do that. But we'll see. I mean, as of right now, you know, looking ahead to the Royal Rumble, uh, we're still going to get Drew McIntyre versus Goldberg. Um, that is another <laughs> subject in and of itself about whether people are excited to see a, a Goldberg title uh, shot here in this spot. I know some people are worried that Goldberg could actually win this thing. I don't know. I, I think you never put anything past WWE in these scenarios when it comes to the legends uh, and and Goldberg. We've seen him in these spots before. I mean, really, just think back a year ago. Um, we were talking about this with uh, you know him being in the spot and uh, going into, you know, WrestleMania where he was. So I can't say that it's ever out of the question when it comes to these things, but you would expect for Drew McIntyre to win and uh, maybe just sort of, you know, get that rub from from a legend like Goldberg after the match, but uh, I think you never say never. That seems to be the common uh, phrase and theme that's used with WWE, uh, but you would think that Drew McIntyre wins this match, goes on to WrestleMania uh, to face someone, and speaking of the Royal Rumble, Um, You know, the betting odds right now, they seem to, we have fun looking at the betting odds, although ultimately, do they mean a whole lot? Not really. But uh, as of right now, it seems like the favorites on the men's side continue to be uh, Daniel Bryan as as the betting favorite at this point uh, to win, which, you know, in that scenario, you would expect him to go on and challenge Roman Reigns unless uh, Reigns loses to Adam Pearce, which uh, that I think we can say, never say never, I don't think Adam Pearce is going to beat Roman Reigns. So I think we may be able to use that in that scenario. But Daniel Bryan, uh, the top favorite, at least right now, that would seemingly uh, be the person to win the Royal Rumble, go on to face Reigns, Big E, is also in that discussion. I think Keith Lee actually has pretty good odds as well. So uh, those are the top three, seemingly. I think Edge maybe uh, in the top five. Uh, I don't know, injury-wise, you know where Edge is. Could he come back and get there? I'm sure it's possible it seemed like that could have been the direction at one point, uh, where all the rumors were that we were going to get Edge and Orton again, or, you know, potentially at WrestleMania, um, or having him challenge for a shot at the title. I don't know necessarily that's the case now, but uh, Biggie, uh, Daniel Bryan, I think right you would probably put those in the top two in terms of the guys who should win the Rumble uh, on the men's side, on the women's side, Bianca Belair is still the favorite, and really we've we've added these uh, betting odds on 411 uh, over the past several months, it seems like Bianca Belair has really been at the top uh, the entire way outside of Rhea Ripley, who was probably at this point uh, the second favorite because, you know, the rumors about her being called up and all that. So uh, that, you know, offers some intrigue in and of itself. I think on the women's side, uh, there are probably more unknowns, but at least you feel like on the men's side, uh, you, you, you've you got to think that it's, it's Daniel Bryan, Big E, uh, maybe Keith Lee. I don't know. I mean, I think given – you know What they've done with Keith Lee, that's, that's another discussion you could probably have for a longer amount of time. Uh, but uh, th- there's lots of possibilities, uh, so it's going to be interesting to see. And we'll have uh, full thoughts uh, on the Royal Rumble heading into uh, the show on January 31st. As for uh, Impact Wrestling and AEW, we can probably throw uh, those two into the same uh, discussion because uh, Impact does have uh, Hard to Kill coming up. On Saturday, as uh, it will be on pay per view. And it is headlined by the big uh, six man tag team match uh, with Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers teaming up against Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns. I think the build to this has been pretty good in terms of uh, hyping this up. I think, you know, after the initial crossover you had, a lot of people were wondering, you know, is this going to be sort of an invasion style scenario? Where you know you have lots of different people, all of a sudden just go back and forth. I think they've done it the right way in that if you do that right off the bat, or if that's part of the plan, um, it takes away some of that suspense. And I think by just having you know a few guys here and there, we've seen the Good Brothers now appear on Dynamite, uh, but having Omega go over and. and put in the spot to build to this big match. Uh, I think they've done it actually in a pretty effective manner uh, because you haven't just sort of thrown everything at the wall right away. Uh, there's still lots of different options they can run with here. Uh, so there's plenty of, you know, intrigue suspense with this match just because you don't really know how it's going to play out. Um, you know, does Kenny Omega wind up pinning the impact champion does Rich, Rich Swann, does he wind up pinning Kenny Omega to lead to a potential match between those two down the line? Uh, who knows? But I think there's lots of different ways they could go with this. I think just on the surface, you would think that, that Omega and the Good Brothers are getting the win here because of kind of where they are. They've had the reunion, the Bullet Club reunion on AEW with the Bucks, um, all this other stuff. But uh, I think it's at least a match that a lot of people are going to probably tune in to see because it is different, and it's just different in, in this era of wrestling. We're not used to seeing this, and I think that's why there was so much uh, excitement whenever you had this right off the bat and had the whole Don Callis thing and everything sort of come together the way it did after Omega won the title uh, from John Moxley. So uh, plenty, of, plenty of excitement heading into this. Uh, and in terms of the rest of the card, uh, you've got Eddie Edwards versus Sammy Callahan in the uh, Barbed Wire Massacre, given the history between those two. Uh, that should certainly be one that uh, will probably uh, be a noteworthy uh, development in terms of their feud uh, between those. You've got a three-way match for the X-Division Championship. Chris Bay uh, taking on Manic and uh, Rohit Raju in there. Deanna Purrazzo is going to defend the uh, Knockouts Championship against Taya Valkyrie. The Knockouts Tag Team titles on the line. Kiera Hogan, Tasha Steeles taking on Havoc and Nevaeh uh, there for the inaugural uh, Knockouts Tag Titles. Eric Young going to team with uh, Diener and Joe Doring to take on Rhino, Tommy Dreamer, and cousin Jake in an old school rules match. Uh, Ethan Page uh, and the Karate Man are going to square off. Uh, this should certainly uh, be uh, quite a quite an interesting. Uh situation there. I mean, don't you call it a match. Uh, I don't know, but it's uh, I think Impact uses the word bizarre to hype this and uh, that sounds about right to me in terms of uh, what this could be, but I think because Ethan Page is involved and really not knowing his future uh, as well, uh, I think there's there's lots of ways they could go with this and they just added uh Tenille Dashwood and Caleb are going to take on uh Rosemary and uh, crazy Steve. So that's the lineup as of right now here as we're recording this. And it's also worth noting On Hard to Kill, there's going to be a new announced team involved as uh, Josh Matthews and Madison Rain, no longer the commentators for Impact, as they announced on Wednesday uh, that it was going to be Matt Stryker and D'Lo Brown are the new announced team uh, for Impact Wrestling. Josh Matthews being promoted, signing a new multi-year deal, but being promoted uh, to a senior producer uh, role with Impact. So he's going to be doing more uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. So uh, that's sort of a, a fresh restart, I think, there for them. In terms of their commentary, uh, that gives people you know a little more incentive. Uh, it almost feels like uh, a, a new sort of era in terms of uh, this for Impact, not only doing the crossover with AEW, but also a new announce team. So uh, that's another significant thing heading into uh, Saturday's show. In terms of AEW, uh, I'm recording this on Wednesday uh, afternoon, which means uh, that uh, the action for New Year's Smash Night 2 Has not yet uh, taken place, but uh, is headlined uh, by Darby Allin defending the TNT title against Brian Cage uh, and some other matches on that show. Uh, This should be a lot of fun as well for that. But I think the most uh, intriguing part for wrestling fans now is in terms of where things go from here with this AEW and Impact partnership. What's next? Uh, I have to believe that we'll get some sort of idea on that. With Saturday's show, hard to kill. Uh, I think you know that main event. The result of the main event will probably tell a lot. You know, could you see an AEW star get involved? Someone else? Uh, could you see others get involved? We talked about the reunion with the Bucks. Could they wind up? Being on this show, there's a lot of different possibilities and a lot of different directions I think you can go with this. And I don't think that they're far from done yet in terms of uh, this whole partnership. And I know everyone has talked about, you know, what else could could they do in terms of the crossover potential with AEW? Um, Could it involve uh, New Japan? You know, could there be some possibilities there in terms of all the different things they could do? Um, So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see what happens. Uh, But I think it is something that's still. Maybe, you know, initially I think there were lots of that talk about dream matches and all those things. Uh, Maybe I think just the, the slow build that they've done with all this, people aren't as excited just because, you know, there hasn't been a ton that's happened. You haven't had all those different crossovers and all that because right away, you know, just wanted to think, oh man, we're gonna get all these dream matches right off the bat, but like I said earlier, I think just a slow build, the way they've done it, uh, that at least uh, presents a lot of a lot of things they can still do in the future and not have to rush them. So um, we'll see, we'll see what the developments are uh, on uh, Hard to Kill on Saturday. But speaking of New Japan, New Japan has announced uh, their New Beginning uh, tour cards uh, for the upcoming uh, tour that they're going to have there, uh, which will involve uh, several different title matches and uh, they were the ones that we expected when we talked about it uh, with Ian Hamilton uh, breaking down the action from Wrestle Kingdom and New Year Dash um, they pretty much set up all the all the matches we thought we'd see uh, it's going to be you know the first one in terms of you'll have the normal uh, road to uh, shows with lots of different tag matches and all of that uh, those will get started on January the 17th so that'll get started at Corkin Hall, uh, with uh, the main event there, and that one will be uh, Bushi and Hiromo Takahashi taking on Master Wato and Show. Um, and then from there, you'll have the road to cards leading up to uh, the January 30th, which is going to be the new beginning in Nagoya. That show will be headlined by a Shingo Takagi def- defending his uh, never-open-weight title against Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, the semi-main event in that one is going to be Will Osprey going one-on-one with Satoshi Kojima. Uh, Hiroshi Tenzan is going to make his return. We talked about him doing the stretcher job at New Year Dash. He's going to get his big uh, one-on-one match against Great O'Conn uh, in that to try to get his revenge on uh, what happened to him at New Year Dash. Uh, and then, you know, the two big shows after that are going to take place uh, February 10th and February 11th. On those, the February 10th show, uh, you're going to have the uh, Gorillas of Destiny defending the IWGP Tag Team Championships against Chi and Zack Sabre Jr., Dangerous Techers, and uh, for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, Hiromu Takahashi will defend the title against Sho on the February 11th. That is the big match of the tour, as uh, it will be. Uh, Kota Bushi defending the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and Intercontinental Championship against Sonata, uh, which is what they set up after night two of Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, so really no surprises. I-, I think we knew, given how they built things, in terms of the-, the potential pairings and all the different things they could do, those are the ones that you pretty much knew you were going to get. Um, elsewhere, you know, in terms of the non-title matches, uh, as we said, I mean, Okan versus Tenzan, that one makes sense given what happened at New Year's Dash. Uh, You've also got Bushi versus Master Wato. That was set up in the the last angle promo uh, there at New Year's Dash. That match is going to take place, the singles match, on February 10th. Um, And they're also pairing off some of the others you can sort of see. Um, It seems like, you know, Okada and Evil are going to be paired off. They're in a lot of these tag team matches together, um, and you know that's that's something else that that certainly is going to uh, play a role uh, here moving forward for them. Uh, it's also another thing worth noting is that uh, as expected, they're going to be moving up the start times on some of these shows just because of the state of emergency that's been, been declared there in uh, Japan and really, you know, in Tokyo and, and elsewhere, the surrounding areas. Um, so they moved up to start time uh, to a bit earlier to try to uh, get people, I guess, home uh, for that 8 p.m. It's not a hard curfew, but uh, the government has pretty much urged citizens uh, to refrain from going out after eight, you know, for anything that is considered non-essential. Um, so they're moving up to start time on some of those shows. I don't think it's on every one of them. Uh, you can find uh, over four worldmania.com. I'm going to put the link to this in the show notes for all the different stories we've talked about. You'll be able to find that uh, here in the show notes of the episodes. If you want to read, get more information on some of the things uh, discussed here on this particular podcast, uh, you can find the links to all those in the show notes. Uh, but you can find that there with a full list of times uh, for all these. But uh, a lot of these shows are going to be moved up uh, for the start times there. Uh, another thing on New Japan, uh, before we wrap up with them, is that the uh, New Japan Cup uh, 2021 edition is going to take place In March, Uh, last year, they had to move it to June because of uh, the pandemic. But now they did announce on Wednesday that the New Japan Cup is going to return in March. Uh, The action kicks off March the 5th at Corkin Hall, uh, and uh, will climax on March 20th and the 21st uh, with the finals. So um, that's another, you know, adds another bit of intrigue in terms of uh, what's next. Uh, as uh, the Super Jcast, the uh, popular uh, New Japan podcast, noted on their Twitter, it put up a a graphic of the poster and it is worth noting on the poster that jay white is on there what does that mean does it mean anything i guess we don't really know Uh, but uh, jay white's future has been a big discussion point in terms of is he staying is this a work or could he actually uh, be leaving new japan going to wwe Um, there's been lots of rumors lots of speculation Um, you've seen reports saying that it's basically 50 50 you know who knows so I don't know, you know, it's, it's something, can you read into these posters? When was this poster made? I think those are the questions we always ask in terms of these scenarios, but uh, that at least offers, you know, more interest, I think, for people seeing this and going, okay, what's next for Jay White? Because after that promo he cut, which, you know, already is probably going to be wind up being one of the best promos of the year for anyone in wrestling. uh, Even though that's very early in January, it's going to be really hard one for a lot of people to top. Um, But he did such a good job sort of selling, The unknowns with his future... That I think it's left a lot up in the air. And so people are saying, okay, well, is this the point where Jay White uh, maybe comes back, wins the New Japan Cup? Um, and then that sort of continues that, that story arc for him in terms of him finally getting his revenge, uh, his road to redemption. Uh, is this, you know, the babyface Jay White in the future? Who knows? Uh, but uh, there's certainly uh, lots of interest, I think, surrounding this New Japan Cup and Jay White, of course. Uh, some of the other potential winners uh, in it, you know, I think if you look at it, we see, what they're doing with will Osprey and this Empire group um, knowing that Osprey he's in a featured role on the new beginning tour you know getting that singles match against Kojima but compared to some of the others, you know I think this is pretty much about the Empire trying to rebuild the Empire after losing all those matches at Wrestle Kingdom like we talked about with Ian Hamilton. Um so could you see Will Ospreay in a spot to win this thing? I think absolutely. Um could it be you know some of the other obvious contenders in terms of Okada. Uh maybe Shingo is in there, you know, Tanahashi, maybe it's time for another potential you know spot for him to kind of elevate him back up. Could Evil win it a couple years in a row here? I don't know. But I think there's there's lots of possibilities. Um, and really you know, I think it's just sort of the the state of things in Japan is going to uh, play a role. You know, in some of this, in terms of maybe what what it looks like with fans here in the near future, uh, with these new beginning cards, you know, do they end up having to make adjustments? Uh, they already have the early start times, uh, what things are going to look like, you know, in March, we don't really know, but, uh, it's clear, you know, at least they, they have the flexibility in terms of, uh, they've decided they're going to, they're going to do this, you know, starting March 5th in the new Japan cup. Uh, so, uh, they, they, they kind of have an outline of where they're going here and maybe, you know, that's that's better than they had a year ago in terms of uh, all of the different things that, that were up in the air and uh, not really knowing what they were going to be able to do uh, maybe around that time last year. So we'll see, but uh, that is kind of what's going on uh, right now in New Japan. But there are some uh, quick thoughts on uh, what's going on in the world of wrestling right now as uh, it pertains to some of the biggest companies uh, in the professional wrestling. And uh, we'll have certainly more thoughts uh, here coming up on the 411 on wrestling podcast. As I mentioned, if you want to check out more information on uh, everything we talked about in today's episode of the podcast, I've got some links for you in the show notes uh, from the stories we have on 411 Mania, talking about uh, some of these big news stories and uh, some of the upcoming uh, cards and everything uh, going on uh, with uh, some of these promotions. So you can check all that out in the show notes, and of course, continue to visit 411mania.com uh, for lots of coverage uh, of everything you need in uh, pro wrestling. And uh, as I continue to say, we'll um, have the link uh, to the GoFundMe for Larry Zonka's family in the show notes. Uh, continue to share and contribute. If you can, um, coming up uh, on Friday's edition of the retro review, which we've started here uh, to do every Friday. Uh, We're doing a retro review podcast here on the 411 on wrestling podcast. And uh, this Friday, we're going to talk about the 2001 Royal Rumble uh, last week with Steve Cook. We talked about the 1992 Royal Rumble uh, with Ric Flair's big shining moment there and Bobby the Brain Heenan's masterful commentary. This week, uh, nine years later, we talk about the 2001 Royal Rumble with uh, Dissecting Dynamite host Andy Perez, who we've had on the podcast here a lot. Um, We are going to discuss uh, all the happenings uh, from that period in 2001, Uh, lots of big matches on that Royal Rumble card. Yeah, Triple H versus Kurt Angle for the WWF title, Uh, the Royal Rumble match, which featured a lot of talent, Uh, an undercard, which you had Chris Jericho taking on Chris Benoit in a ladder match for the Intercontinental title, the Deathly Boys uh, versus Edge and Christian, China versus Ivory for the women's title, Um, lots of good stuff on that 2001 Royal Rumble card, and we're going to talk all about it with Andy Perez uh, this Friday. So you can check that out and be sure to go back and listen to some of these retro reviews we've done over the past several weeks. Uh, These are fun to do. They just add a little bit, uh, you know, retro type of uh, feel to the podcast. So not only we talk about some of the stuff going on uh, currently in the world of wrestling, also talk about some of the stuff from the past. So uh, you guys seem to be enjoying that. So uh, thanks as always. So we appreciate uh, the feedback and uh, we'll have more of those coming up here on the podcast. So subscribe. Any podcast app you use, search for 411 on wrestling, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or you name it, you can find us there. And uh, thanks as always for listening to this episode of the podcast. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you next time here on the 411 on Wrestling Podcast.